Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hey, thanks for joining us for another edition of Simply Financial. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, and we've got a great show on the way for you today. Getting in the Christmas spirit, we're going to be talking about what's in your financial stocking on today's episode, plus what to do with an inheritance. We've got some frequently asked questions when it comes to those kinds of matters that Kevin's going to give us some great guidance on today. All that, plus maybe a question or two from you, the listener, and much more directly in front of us on the show. If you want to learn more information about Kevin and the team at Inside Folios, you can go to insightfolios.com. Kevin is your financial coach serving you throughout the Tri-City area based right in Pinconning. And if you have any questions for Kevin as we go through the program today, the show phone number is 888-885-PLAN. And remember, we don't have to put you on the air. You can just call anytime and uh, schedule a time to visit one-on-one with Kevin if that is convenient for you. 888-885-PLAN is the number. Kevin, it is great to be back with you this week. What's going on in your world, my friend? Well, Walter, you know, we're only a couple of weeks off from Christmas. Does that sound funny? It's uh, it's come quickly, that is for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. That so, gap between Thanksgiving and Christmas always just gets faster and narrows yeah. down really quickly. It does. So, you know, I'm, we're getting ready for Christmas, obviously, and then the New Year's just right around the corner. So there's a whole new financial topic, right? I'm, I'm assuming from your end, on uh, January 1st. But that's what we're doing. We're sitting here. We're, we're not too bad a weather out, I mean, for December but the ice fishermen aren't happy, and I'd like to be doing a little ice fishing, but there is no ice. So <laughs> You're actually in that camp that wants it to be a little bit colder, huh? A little bit, a little bit. Not bad, but a little bit, yes. Yeah. What is it that you like about ice fishing? Yeah, I, I, you know, you go out there and you have your shanty, and then it's nice and quiet. Usually, I, I always go with a friend, and, you know, we just you sit and you talk, and if you don't catch anything, the time still goes by pretty quick because you're just reminiscing, having a good time out there. And then once in a while, that fish will pull on your line and keep you there for hours, and that's the fun part. Nice. Uh, that's pretty cool. It, it is a, a unique concept. Whenever I'm driving around and I see people out there on the ice with the little huts, and, and I'm just like, man, that did, that's either going to be really fun or really boring. I'm not sure which one it is, but I, I think you're probably hitting it, uh, the nail on the head. It's probably about the company you keep in the in, in the in the hut. Is that is that what you in, call the in shanty? The, in the shanty, yep. In the shanty, in the okay. shanty yep. But that, you know, we have heat, so we're not, you know, we're not by any means freezing. And and I, I actually have a little TV that you can, we put down the hole, and you can see the fish down there. So keep shaking. Oh, really? Okay. Like, oh, so yeah. you're bringing the high tech out there on the yeah, ice. Yeah, I want to see what's down there. So That's yep. pretty cool. That Well, that sounds like, you know, worth it just for the fun of dropping a little scope down there, doing, you know, doing a little submarining below the ice. That's pretty neat. Sometimes it's very, you know, irritating because uh, this few years back had 45 walleye come within an inch of my my bait and wouldn't bite, not one of them. Really? <laughs> and I watched them all. Yeah. Yeah. That must be pretty fascinating, though, to see that behavior up close, to see like, all right, so what makes them bite? What makes them come close to the bait, sniffing it, not yeah. really wanting it, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. In, in the winter, does not... You know, it's one of the things to do to keep you busy, too. In the summer, sure. you know, there's all kinds of things. But that's just, I, I really enjoy it in the winter. 
Very nice. Well, that's cool. Well, I hope you get a few degree temperature drops so you can get a little more ice fishing in as we progress through the winter there, Kevin. Uh, well, let's dive into our program today. Again, if you've got any questions at all, you can visit Kevin online as well at insightfolios.com. Look for the listen button to ask questions and listen to past shows as well. We're going to open up a financial stocking on today's show. Kevin, I think we did this a couple of years ago on the show. We're bringing the topic back, but we've got an all new mix of items that could go into the potential financial stocking here. So we're going to look at some of the items that people might want in their financial stocking. And I don't know, I'm I'm curious, would you, if you were Santa or the person responsible for filling up your loved one's stockings, would you be filling it with these things or not? Would you, you know, I don't know if we'll consider these lumps of coal, the rejects, but just, you know, what what are you putting into your family members' stockings here? Does that sound like a little bit of a fun uh, way to approach this? Let's give it a whirl. All right. I'll start you off with a nice controversial one. Uh, cryptocurrency. Are you going to be sticking that into uh, any family member stockings this year? Well, how did I know you were going to say that, Walter? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, not necessarily, no. Cryptocurrency, you know, it's still, you know, the government has come down one side or the other right now. There's going to be regulations coming down the road, I believe. This is my opinion, obviously. And I think if you're going to do cryptocurrency, you know, you do a small percentage of your portfolio. And if it goes away, it goes away. You're not too worried about it. But um, for me and my family members, no, I'm not I'm not going to do it because we don't know what side the regulations are going to land on yet. And, you know, that's a wild, wild ride sometimes when you get in the cryptocurrency market. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, sure, if it's truly giving people free money, and and yes, that's sort of the obvious thing with any of these. Like, okay, if you're just giving me cryptocurrency, sure, I'll take it. But yeah. we're kind of taking this with a grain of salt, though, where there's still a little bit maybe, uh, you know, these really wise gifts to give to people. Because perhaps you spark some interest and somebody goes down the rabbit hole of crypto and uh, gets more and more invested in it. So you got to be careful with the gifts you give sometimes, right? You never know well, what you might inspire. You, exactly. I know one person who did that. I mean, they started a little bit, and of course, it was way back when they did really, really good. And then they ended up moving a large sum of money in there, and then it dropped by half. So it, it was a very quick drop, too. So those things, you know, cryptocurrency, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of gambling, in my opinion. So all of it's gambling, right, when you're investing. But that's a little bit more on the outside, so. Yep, good points. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about another item that uh, you as Santa could potentially drop into the st- financial stocking of a family member or uh, you know someone that's uh, deserving of Santa's attention here. What about Apple stock? Would that be something that you might uh, be okay with dropping into a, someone's stocking? I am okay with that. Now, it's a little different um, depending on what age loved one we're, we're going to give it to, in my opinion. If we're giving it to somebody you know, that's younger, yeah, that's going to be a great growth stock. Because we look at Apple, we think growth, right? And all the innovations that come along with that and all the sales that they do and the iPhones and the watches. You know, if I look down at the table right now, I got an iPhone on my wrist. I got a, I got the watch. So I think, yes, for most you're, you're cases. You're fully bought in at this point, right? I am. But for, for income, not so much. But for growth, yeah. So that makes that makes more sense to me if you're looking for some growth out there long term because, you know, that's a, that's a, anytime we get in the investment world, that's long term. But, yeah, I, I would do Apple stock. Okay, very good. All right, so crypto, Apple stock, so far we've uh, been pulling out of Santa's bag here. What about a target date mutual fund? Uh, who Whose stocking are you dropping that in? Maybe that's the better question. You mentioned age there, so out of your family members or, or someone's family, who's who's getting the target date mutual fund? Well, the target date mutual fund, you know, they're, let's, let's explain what we're talking about to our people. Out there. So you'll hear like 2035, 2030 fund, meaning the closer you get to that year, supposedly the less aggressive and the more conservative that portfolio is but they're all over the spectrum walter so you got to be careful on target date mutual funds but it's for somebody who you know wants 
you know, I really don't want to pay attention to the market. I just rather pick one fund. I don't want to get too involved in it. And I want to hopefully to do its thing. That would be the target date mutual fund. Me, I'm more on the side, you know, I'm not, I'm not too crazy about those uh, target date mutual funds. I go more to ETFs and those types of things to make up to certain percentages to get you the same thing. It's going to be a little cheaper um, and, and expenses because there's not going to be um, as many costs and so on and so forth. But the target date fund is, is okay for people who just, you know, want to kind of set it and forget about it and, and go on in their life. But get it reviewed once you do that, though, get mm. it, you know, because things change. So. Yeah, and I think that makes uh, makes a lot of sense for people. So target date mutual fund, take that one with uh, some good advanced knowledge before you uh, dole that out to anybody's stocking in your family. All right, what about long-term care insurance? What stockings is that one going into? That's going on everybody that's going into retirement. <laughs> okay, nice. And, you know, I you can tell you story upon story upon story where, you know, people's assets, you know, they saved an entire lifetime, they have misfortune, they have a stroke, what what have you. They go into a nursing home and everything's gone. And not only that, do you do you know anybody, Walter, with the with a goal in mind? I want to go to a nursing home. I can't imagine anybody having that as a goal. No. no. So if you buy the long term care insurance, and, and that's what comes to mind, doesn't it? Nursing home insurance. Yeah, that's well, a, that's it, where my mind immediately goes. It not only does that, but it it it, it pays for assisted living and it pays for at home care too. So the long term care aspect of it, the nursing home is going to be the last you know, um, vestiges that you're going to go to because you, you're going to, you're going to use those other options if possible. And before you go to that nursing home. So my parents had it. Um, my grandmother had it. I made sure they all bought it because I see over the 30 some years, I seen what happens to your state. You insure your iPhone, you insure your car, you insure your shed, your boats, but nobody takes the time to sit down and think, should I insure my portfolio? And I think in most cases, yes. All good points so far. If you've got any questions for Kevin, wondering what should go into your financial stocking, reach out and give him a call at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Call with any questions that you might have, whether they be big or small, and Kevin can spark that conversation with you at a time that's convenient. 888-885-PLAN. If you get the voicemail, leave a quick message. Kevin and team will call you back. 888-885-PLAN is that number. All right, Kevin, you've got about uh, three decades of experience in this financial planning world. So what about this next one? I know what the answer would have been a couple of years ago, but perhaps that's changed now. Is anybody in the getting a CD, a one-year CD in their financial stocking? Hmm, it's funny you mention. I had that conversation yesterday uh, with a younger gentleman. He had about $10,000 set aside, and he's going to need it a year and a half from now. And is sitting in his bank account earning a half a percent. So we had this conversation. He was at the bank. You get CDs now for one year, Walter, right around five percent, if not more. So for me, yeah, if you're if you're if that's you know money that you're just sitting in the bank and you're not earning nothing on it and it's maybe set aside for you know future use, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the, with the one year CD. I know the local banks around here, all the rates have come up as you as you know in the last year or so. And then you, you hit it on the head a year ago. I'd say no because you're, it's less than one percent at that time. So these things change now. When the when the Fed announces they're going to cut the interest rates, the CD rates are going to go down. So this is a this is a timely question right now. But for right now, yeah, I don't have any option, or I mean, any qualms with saying, yeah, get a one year CD, and this is for money that you're going to use maybe one, two, three years down the road. Pretty crazy how that particular value has changed. That's for sure. All right, one last one here, Kevin. We'll close out this conversation on the financial stockings. Is anybody getting tax free bonds in their stocking this year? Well. 
when you, I like how I said that. Well, um, you know, we're real, talking, real strong conviction here. Yeah, we're talking tax-free <laughs> bonds. So, what, who, who's going to benefit from that mostly, Walter? Uh, somebody who just needs—I uh, don't know. Oh, like, honestly, it would probably be the, uh, the the bond receiver, right? Right. You want the higher income, you know, so you can get some tax-free bonds, those types of things. Yeah. But with interest rates the way they are, um, probably not such a bad idea. But you have to—it has to make sense in your case. So. You know, if you're not paying much in taxes, tax-free bonds is obviously not a, a, much of an advantage. But if you're paying a lot in taxes, obviously they become more attractive. So it depends on the person that we're sitting down and we're talking to, like a muni bond or something like that. That would make sense in their portfolio to lessen the taxes and maybe take a little bit more conservative position. Remember, but when interest rates go up, those bonds, you know, took a beating here in the last year or so. So you got to be careful on those too. It's an interest, interest rate sensitive product, just like most bonds are. All good points across the board. Again, that's your financial stocking, what's going into your stockings or the stockings of your family members this year. Ponder it, think about it, and uh, make wise choices if you are in the position of Santa and uh, giving out gifts or uh, helping just manage things for your family household. Just a fun way to maybe think and look at some of those financial matters on today's show. Well, if you'd like to talk again with Kevin about some of these issues or some other items that you should consider when it comes to your portfolio and financial planning, reach out by calling 888-885-PLAN. Plan. That's 888-885-7526. Get in touch with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios. Start that conversation, whether you're ready to go through the planning process or you have a few simple questions perhaps on your mind that you'd like to address first, or if you just want to see if you'd be a good fit to work with Kevin, uh, touch base with somebody local who's born and raised in Pinconning. That's where the office is today. Start your conversation by, again, calling him at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. More to come on today's show. You're tuned in to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. No need to complicate it. This is Simply Financial. Thanks for joining us on Simply Financial today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folio, serving you all throughout the Tri-City area. Kevin's the co-author of the book, Navigating Through Retirement. And if you'd like to pick up a copy and come in for a visit, one-on-one to talk about your financial plan and how you can improve your situation into the future, pick up the phone and give them a call. 888-885-PLAN is that number, 888-885-7526. Kevin, on today's show, we want to talk a little bit about inheritance frequently asked questions. Some of the most common types of questions that you get from people when they've just gotten or about to get an inheritance this would be a good topic to cover really any time of year, I suppose. But I, I know this one hits a little bit closer to home to you just because, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. You recently lost your father. And so you've kind of this is top of mind, I think, for, for you and your family thinking about this kind of situation. And, and you see it in your office all the time, right? I do, unfortunately. And you're right. I've lost my dad the 18th of last month. That was a tough, tough thing to go through. He's a good man. And I think this is kind of an important um subject that we're going to go over because all of you know the old saying none of us are getting out of this alive so um we we all got to be prepared we need to have plans for these situations as much as one can and uh, to try and help us get through it when these things pop up in life and yeah our our thoughts and prayers certainly with you kevin and your family as you guys um you know move forward through the holidays and appreciate you taking the time to probably share some of your experience and your recent um you know outlook on this particular uh issue and problem that uh, you know everybody's going to face probably at some point in time so yes 
let's get into it here. The way we're going to present these as uh, statements, so so real sentences that you might hear somebody say to you when they come into the office. So uh, here would be one potential scenario. Let me know how you would guide people through a situation like this, Kevin. If somebody came to you and said, should mom sign her house over to me before she passes away to avoid having the house as part of the estate? Would that be a, a wise thing to do? Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to give you some answers for this, Walter. Remember, I am not an attorney, so seek your attorney's okay. advice. But for my for my parents, um, I can tell you exactly what we did there. Is my dad, as we said, just passed away? But why wouldn't people want to have their house the part of the estate, Walter? What's uh, it going to go through? Yeah, it's going to go through probate, Pro- probate, probate, and that's right? going to cause problems, yep. right? So the one thing that people doesn't or don't think about is hey, if it goes through probate, my family's not going to fight. Yeah, that's no big deal. But the, the, the nuance here that you got to be uh, careful of is if it does go through probate and you do go to the nursing home, you didn't buy that insurance that we talked about earlier, and the nursing home can come and put a lien on that home because it goes through the probate, probate process as long as anything else that somebody's going to put a claim on your estate. So what we did for my mom and dad is we got something called a Lady Bird deed, uh, like Lady Bird Johnson. That's how people remember it. Okay. So what, what my mom and dad did, or my, my dad did at the time, is he signed it both over to my brother and I, and he had a lifelong lease on it. So when he just passed away, this is our house. It's been our house for a couple of years. And um, and we did it for that reason, no probate and those types of things. So for people that are d- thinking this, either, you know, the life estate deed, some attorneys will tell you, you know, make it part of a trust. But I think that you should do some planning because you don't want to have that asset going through, you know, part of the estate. Remember, if it goes through probate, virtually anybody can come and, and put a put, you know, say so and so said I could get a part of this, or you know, just stop all that confusion, stop all the fighting after the words, you know, pre-plan, do it pre, you know, pre- before you're gone, and make sure it goes to where you want it to go. All right, Kevin. What if somebody comes in and they said, "My dad left me several hundred shares of Johnson and Johnson stock when he died last month. How do I calculate the taxes that I'll owe if I cash these shares out?" Mm, that's another good question. So again, let's use my dad for example. He left me some. He left my brother and I some shares of different companies. Of course, I invested it for him, and we had to pass through. Um, you know, certain legal documents that we had down there, but you get what's called step up in basis in this particular case, as long as it's not an IRA. So let's say that dad bought Johnson and Johnson stock years ago and he put $10,000 in it. And now it's worth 20,000. As long as you pass it through a trust or maybe probate or something of those of that nature, then you're going to get the step up in basis, which means your new cost basis is going to be whatever the value was the day that mom or dad died. So the taxes are going to be owned up above that that um, dollar figure. So if you inherited at twenty dollars a share, let's say, and then you sell it at twenty one, you owe taxes on that dollar per share because when you inherited it was twenty dollars a share. Now you kept it for a while. Now it's twenty one. So that's how those things work. Step up in basis. A lot of people overlook that planning, um, especially if you have a um, uh, you know you know a lot of stock in a company and you you just used it. Maybe you lived off the dividends. F- all your life, but you want to pass that to your kids, make sure you sit down and you do the proper planning so that goes to your children in the most tax-efficient way possible. All good points on that one for sure, Kevin. All right, another scenario. If somebody says, uh, my husband and I had only been married for six years when he died a few months back. He had a life insurance policy but had never updated the beneficiary, so it still lists his ex-wife. I know that he would have wanted the money to go to me, so how do I get that updated? Mm, uh, that's uh-oh. Okay. yeah uh-oh that's right <laughs> landmine that's, 
That's a big oh. You cannot update it once you're once the you know the owner of that life insurance or whoever's insured is gone. It's it's done and over with now. So there's really nothing that you should do. So, but the, what we can tell people out there is, and I, Walter, I'll have people come in my office, maybe t- maybe ten to twenty a year, that I'll say, "Have you updated your beneficiary?" Oh yeah. So we get on, you know, we'll get on my big screen here and we'll pull up some of their accounts. And no, they haven't. And, or maybe uh, lately uh-huh. here, there has not been any beneficiary. So if you're if you've been divorced and you are remarried, you haven't updated that beneficiary. Like in this particular case, there's nothing you can do about it because the the you know the insured is gone now, so it's going to go to that uh, ex-wife in this particular case, and uh, unless there's something else I'm missing here, so we've tried to toot that horn a lot over the years, right? These yes. beneficiary designations trump pretty much everything else, and so you got to get those things right. And that's scary when somebody thinks they've done the right thing, made the right decision, or, or put the right steps in place, and it hasn't actually happened. That's yeah. that's worse than just not even you know that that sort of like I think I already know. But uh, you know, made a made a wrong move. That's ooh, that's tough. So, yeah. Well, I, I was that. sitting, I was sitting here with a couple here. It was a few years ago, but he worked for one company here locally for forty some years. Before he's married, he started working there. And I said, "Have you checked your beneficiaries?" Oh, I guarantee you, my wife was on there. I said, "Just do me a favor when you come back and check." Guess what? His mom was on there, not his wife, um, because <laughs> it was before he's married. So we changed yeah. it forty some years later. Right? Those things happen all the time. Oh gosh, that is crazy. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember that too. My first job putting putting my parents on as the beneficiaries yeah. on on an account. You know, your first job, you're working. You're just like, all right, yeah, I'll put this on there. Uh, and I'm not married or anything like that. So yeah, it's kind of funny to then think about how yeah, years later you forget that you filled out that paperwork and yeah, just life go happens. On with, and, go on with life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it happens crazy. all the time. You'd be surprised. Yeah. All right. So check uh, your beneficiaries for the people that are listening out there. Please do. In yeah. fact, if you don't know how to check your beneficiaries, if you're like, okay, I, I'd like to do that, but I don't really know how, uh, that's something that Kevin can help you with as part of the planning process. So don't hesitate to reach out, even if it's something simple like that. He can help guide you to the right choices there. And also uh, talk to you about further financial planning that might be beneficial to you as well. 888-885-PLAN is the number. 888-885-7526. All right, uh, one, uh, another scenario here, Kevin. Let's say I come into you and I say my six siblings and I recently inherited 100 acres of family land. I think I'm the only one who wants to keep it in the family. Must be a fellow fisherman coming in to meet with you, Kevin. Or, or Hunter, you, know, you bet. Or I'm right on board so far. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> uh, the rest of them would rather sell it and get the cash. Would it be unwise of me to buy them out so I can have control of the property until I decide what I want to do with it? Well, that's kind of a, um, in my case, you bet, I'm buying them out. But in your case, it may be a little bit different. Do you have the cash set aside to do that? Do you have credit in, in order to make maybe a land purchase to do that? Is it going to disrupt your, you know, your planning for retirement? Is it going to make your work a couple of years longer? Is it going to disrupt whatever it's going to disrupt out there? So the answer to that is maybe. And how do you how do you determine that? Well, you sit down with your advisor and you go through that process. All right. So if I'm going to come up to 100 grand, was that 100,000 or 100 acres it was, wasn't it? So 100 acres 100 is probably acres. Going to be yeah, I don't know three, the price. Probably going to be 3, 400,000 at least I would think. So that means you got to come up with, you know, a bunch of money, maybe 3, 2, 3, 400,000. And that's a tricky situation because it all depends on your own personal situation. Can we afford it? Number 1, what's the, you know, is it going to derail your your um retirement planning number two 
Um, you know, is it something you're really going to use or are you, are you going to sell it short term? Number three, all those things come into question or to question, excuse me. And that's where it's, it makes sense. Sit down with your accountant, sit down with an attorney, sit down with your advisor and get some good quality advice to make sure that it makes sense in your, in your case. But if it was me, yeah, I'm going to try to buy that land. So. Yeah, it's a great point. And, you know, you might be able to get a better deal buying your siblings out than if you had yes. gone and bought out your own 100 acres of land because they're not – Maybe it doesn't sound like they're emotionally tied to it. They may want a quicker and easier sale. And so handling – this may be one of those cases where handling it within the family could be beneficial if everybody's kind of willing to get along here. Yep. That They can make out okay, and then you can get a good deal on that land. So hopefully you're all pretty cooperative and uh, easy to make something like that happen. But And then give Kevin a call. He'll come out and help you, help you go hunting and, you know – explore the land a little bit right Kev? oh yeah i'd, I'd be happy to do that <laughs> 100 yeah. acres to explore that could be fun yeah all right uh, let's go through one more scenario kevin uh, let's say uh, my parents left me a significant amount of money still managed by their financial advisor and it's someone that they really liked so i don't necessarily want to move the money away from the advisor but i already have an advisor too so is it a bad idea to have two separate financial advisors this is something that happens when people inherit money that, that you know, there might have been an actual deep relationship with that advisor. That's kind of a tricky situation um, at first glance. Well, it is. I mean, that's happened, you know, I've been doing this 30-some years, so I've had parents who have had great relationships, and I never met the children, and the same type of situation pops up. And I'm always like, well, you know, if you have one advisor and you, I think it works out better in most cases because you, can, you have all the moving pieces with one person. So in other words, if I'm if I'm looking at an income play for for you, and then your other person's looking at a growth play, in other words, they're they're going to invest for growth. I'm going to invest for income. They're not going to mix, right? So you want you want want in my particular opinion, for me, it's one advisor. Put your goals down. Get that simplicity plan like we put together or a similar plan, and make sure that all the investments are working in sync to get you to and through retirement. And that's the, that's the trouble I see with two advisors. Two advisors are different. You know, everybody thinks differently. They may say, uh, you know, they may think you need more risk than what you actually do, or they're, they're assuming you need more risk. The difference is, is when we sit down and we have this discussion with people, um, let's assume, let's not assume, let's, let's solve what you need and let's make all the moving parts of your investments and inheritance and those types, types of things move towards the same end goal, getting you to and through retirement. So in most cases, I'm going to say, you know, pick one or the other here. I, I hate to say that. And if it's your guy that you like, there's nothing wrong with that. But just make sure that, you know, you have a conversation with both and make sure that you, you, whatever advisor you're picking is heading in the direction you want to go. All right. Very good. Thank you for your guidance through all of this, Kevin. And again, if you have questions about how to handle an inheritance, if one has happened recently, or how to better prepare for an inheritance, whether you're the person trying to pass that on or just a family trying to figure out all the moving parts, don't hesitate to reach out to Kevin with those kinds of questions and types of questions. 888-885-PLAN is your number to reach Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. You can also go online to insightfolios.com. Click the listen button to get in touch and to listen to past episodes of the show as well. 888-885-PLAN is the number, though. That's 888-885-PLAN. More coming up on today's show, so stay with us. We'll get to know Kevin a little bit better coming up next and get ready to wrap things up a little bit after that. So stay tuned. You're listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Ooh, 
It's getting to know you time. It's time to get to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. All right, Kevin, here's your question of the week. What was the best decade for music? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here's a little known fact about me, Walter. I'm a big Sinatra fan, a big oh, yes. Dean fan, you know, the big Rat Pack, all those mm-hmm. type of, you know, Louis Armstrong. So there, I think it's the 50s or the 60s. But now I'm a big country fan, too, and I like some rock, so I'm thinking the 70s and 80s on that side. So I'm kind of split on that. Um, yeah. dependent, depends on the mood, what, I'm, what I want to listen to. And, um, but most of the, yeah, I, I like both sides of it. Now, how about you? Yeah, uh, I, I'm I, I'm right there with you in sort of that that crooner age, just because the songs just never get old, and they right. just beat out anything that gets recorded today. They've just got more soul on the record and the taping of it, and uh, I don't know. There's just something about those those songs that just still resonate today, and I could listen to them all the time. But I'm a '90s kid. I'm gonna go with '90s music. Still, still never gets old when I put on a, the old you know '90s playlist, and uh, that was that's my nostalgia. So. I'll go with 90s, 90s music for well, me. Well, let me put it this way. I love Sinatra. On the rock side, I'm a big Seeger fan. And then okay. on the country side, I'm like an Alan Jackson type fan. So Alan Jackson, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. across the board, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm the same way. My playlist will come on, and you don't know what you're going to get. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't have one, uh, one particular genre. So that's, uh, that's, I'm in the same boat as you there, Kevin. But music uh, just puts you in a mood, doesn't it? A good mood normally when you're going... When you're listening to it, it kind of takes yep. your thoughts away from the stress. Yeah, I, I, that's what I find. Well, we're in the holidays, too, and uh, it was so funny. Connie and I were at the airport uh, a couple of days ago, and we were we were eating while we were waiting for our next flight, and they the restaurant at the airport was playing uh, Christmas and holiday music and whatnot, and it was just all this new stuff. We were like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> like, please put on the classics. <laughs> yeah, please you know, give yeah. us the old standbys, you know. Just give us a little Bing and a little Brenda Lee, right? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Give us the good stuff. Give us the originals, and uh, we, we'd be happy from that standpoint. So, yeah. yeah, there's just something about that older stuff that just puts you in, in the best mood possible. So, I, I get know. it. I guess it's the power of nostalgia, perhaps. It is. Well, very good. That's getting to know Kevin Ray a little bit better on today's show. We'll have more coming up in just a few moments. Stay tuned to Simply Financial. What if we told you there was a simpler way to invest? Excellent. That's what we thought. Well, thanks for joining us so far today on Simply Financial. Been a fun show with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you throughout the Tri-City area, but based right in Pinconning. You can find us online at insightfolios.com. Click the Listen button, ask questions, and listen to past episodes of the show and more great info there as well. I want to talk about some financial lies on the program today because there are some financial advisors out there who, hey, we're not going to sugarcoat it. They're just flat-out liars. More often what we find happening, Kevin, is that advisors are guilty of maybe making statements that perhaps they've just been conditioned to say over the years. What we're going to do is talk about why you should be cautious if you hear the following statements from a financial advisor. So where is this gray area that might get exposed is kind of what we're getting at. So let's start with an easy one, Kevin. Um, If you hear somebody say, we can beat the market, we can beat the market, why should that cause your ears to perk up? Well, there's nobody that can consistently beat the market. Let's take a look at the bottom of your statements. You know, nothing's guaranteed. There are risks. All these disclaimers that they put on the end of the statements, 
because we as advisors cannot say we can beat the market. We don't know if we can beat the market. Bernie Madoff said he could, and he did for a while because he's making up all the fake statements, but it doesn't happen. So if you hear you know somebody come in and, hey, we can beat the market. We've been doing it for years and years and years. I want to see some proof. I want to see some verification that that's happening because to my 31 years, I don't know anybody who has done it consistently. Even Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, excuse me, Buffett, if I said Warren Buffett. Um, <laughs> his, his distant cousin, Warren yeah, Buffett. Is off from time to time, right? He doesn't consistently do it. So when you hear that, we can beat the market, I'd be very, very suspicious because there are no guarantees. Investing's a long-term play, and that's why on the end of the statement, you got all the disclaimers saying there are no guarantees, and that FDIC insured, mm. you will lose money, those types of things. All right, very good. We're talking about financial lies. When you hear maybe these these statements, should they cause you to perhaps think that mm, maybe these aren't brimming with truth? Maybe these are things that need to be analyzed a little bit further. Let me take not take this at face value, perhaps. Uh, that's kind of what we're getting at here. Maybe not just straight up lies, but they're things that need more investigating to really reveal the truth. Here's another good one, Kevin. Your tax rate will be much lower in retirement. This is just more so just like just to stop factual all the time. Well, this is a big one here, Walter, because, you know, when I first started in the financial advisor business, the mantra was back then, and I was guilty of it, too, because I didn't know much better at the time is that, hey, listen, we're going to save all this money in your IRAs, your 401ks. And when you retire, we're going to be in a much lower tax bracket. Well, some of the RMDs that people are forced to take out are thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars that you have to take out. And guess what that does? It goes on top of your other income. So a lot of people have been put in that situation. Now, are we in a lower tax environment than we did when I first started? Absolutely. But does that necessarily mean that you're in the lowest tax bracket, the lowest tax rate? No, it doesn't. So those things come into play, especially if you have, you know, big 401ks, big IRAs, and you don't need the money and you're waiting until 72 to take it out. You may have to take out 40, 50, $60,000 because the IRS says you have to. You have to take out that required minimum distribution. And if you don't, the penalty is 50%. So either way, you're going to pay a tax on that. And now once we have to take out an additional, you know, $30,000, now our Social Security comes into play. Now our pensions come into play. And there's another little tax that they don't tell you about is that if you're a married couple and your income's over $30,000, up to 50% of your Social Security be taxed. Be taxed. If you're over $44,000, up to 85% of your Social Security be taxed. So that tax wasn't around back in the 70s either. That tax came around in the 80s. So there's all these taxes that people didn't think about way back then that are coming in. There's going to be new tax laws coming up. So I'm betting that when you retire, you're, you're going to be in just as high as tax rate. You're not going to be in a lower, if not higher, when you get to that point. Another great point, Kevin, uh, covering a lot of ground here. You can see that these these quote-unquote lies are pervasive. These mistruths or, or not full stories uh, kind of go all the way through from market questions to taxes. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, interest rates in our next example of where a lie pops up. You know, a lot of people have some really nice low interest rates on their homes right now, Kevin. But you'll hear advice out there that says you should never pay off your house early when your interest rate is so low. Most people have a 30-year mortgage. Would you agree? Yeah, it seems to be the most common. So, so sure. if, let's say you're paying a 3% on a house loan of a $300,000 house. still going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars right. that, you, that you're going to pay. So let me go one step further. I had somebody come in my office the other day. They were talking to a financial advisor. And the financial advisor wanted them to take a mortgage out six months ago because rates were low and invest that money in the market. Now, how crazy is that? 
That does sound a bit crazy. Especially the volatility we're seeing now, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm a pay off the house as early as you can. I did it myself. You know, I'm I'm just that way. I want to save hundreds of thousands of dollars of interest. And when I paid my house off, I did exactly that. And then I took that payment I was paying in my house and invested it. I think I'm much further ahead doing it that way than I would be just stringing out that 30-year mortgage. Mm, that's a great point. Yeah, I think you uh, can really surprise yourself when you run some of those numbers and just see how much money you can save on all of those home payments. And a lot of people don't want to carry that mortgage into retirement, just like it's it, there's a mental aspect to that too, right? It's not just about the numbers when we talk about some of these things. And this is one of those areas where emotions play a big role. Like I, I know my parents disagree on this. I'm, I always throw them under the bus here on the show. So why, why not? I'll do it again. Uh, you know, d- dad's okay with a mortgage in retirement they can afford to have a small one as they look to buy their kind of forever, you know, their final home for their retirement years. Mom just has this mental thing where she's like, I really don't want one. I would just love to retire with no mortgage whatsoever. It just makes me feel better. And so that's kind of that collision of emotions and feelings with what makes financial sense. And it doesn't mean that there's a right or wrong. It's just part of the discussion. Yeah. And then when you have a mortgage going into retirement, that's more income than you have to plan for for a longer time. You know, it, there's lots, there's there's both sides, as you said, Walter. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I understand when sometimes people say, you know, my mortgage is 3%. I'm, I'm getting five in a CD. I, I get that. But let's look long term. I think that that's the missing part. Let's look long term and see what it costs you versus, you know, doing some other type of planning. Yeah, it's, it's a good feeling to, I'm sure, be able to own your home outright. So it's not a bad goal to work toward that for sure. Uh, just approach it, individual situation there. Last but not least, Kevin, one more example of a financial lie popping up out there. It's just a paper loss. I bet someone's heard that this week. You know, hang in there. You'll be fine. Um, th- th- there's a little bit of truth to that statement, but there's also maybe some uh, so, so some heavy gray area going on with how to interpret it. Well, let's say you're 30 years old and the market goes through all this volatility. Theoretically, you know, if you think about it, and somebody said to you, it's just a paper loss. Well, it is because you have, you know, 20, 30 years to go before you get to retirement. Yeah. You know, you, you can hang in there. But let's assume that you're 60 years old now, and you've been thinking, I'm going to take 4%. I'm hoping I can, you know, average 4% a year going into retirement. I can withdraw 4%, and then I'll, uh, it's just a paper loss. I'll be fine. Well, it isn't now at this particular point. You have $100,000, let's say. Market loses 30%. Now you're down to 70. You've been pulling $4,000 off because you believe in the 4% rule. Now you're down to 66, and the market doesn't recover next year. What's going to happen? Uh, you're going to be in trouble. It's, it's more than a paper loss, right? Yeah. yeah, you're locking it in at that point. You're locking it in. So this is where the income plan comes into play. So there's different you know, aspects of your life. Can you handle paper loss at this point if you're younger? More than likely. If you're older, probably not. So because we need income now, our income stops, our paycheck stops. So this is the difference. This is the way you think. The first half of your life, maybe you can afford a paper loss. The second half of your life, I'm betting you're going to be in some trouble down the road if you do. How do you avoid that? That's where the planning comes into play. Let's look. If you have a paper loss right now, let's stress test your portfolio, Walter. Let's say you come in my office and you say, I have a paper loss of 30%. All right, so let's project the income going down the road. Are you going to run out of money? 
And if you're going to run out of money, do we look at other options so you don't run into that problem? It's easy to figure out. It's stress testing your portfolio. We do it every day in the simplicity process. And then this last week alone, if that doesn't you know, make you think I should start thinking otherwise than growth, I should start maybe looking at some income options. This is the time to do that. Don't sit on the sidelines and think it's just a paper loss because if we have that U-shaped recovery where it takes three years to get through the bottom of the U and then it takes seven years to get back up to where we were at and you're withdrawing money, you could be in some definite trouble. Don't go down that avenue. Figure this out. Sit down, do the planning process. Figure out where your income is going to come from and be in a position that if we do have a U-shaped recovery that you're better prepared to go through that. All right. Very good. Some great advice on the show today. Hopefully that resonates with a few of our listeners who are trying to better plan for their financial futures. Are you believing in some of these lies or do you need to uh, you know, make sure you redo your plan so that it's built on more solid information, solid beliefs and truths out there? If that's the case, then reach out to Kevin. He can run a free portfolio review and a complimentary look at what's going on in your financial world and how to improve it moving forward. The number to call is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. That'll get you in touch and allow you to set up that time to visit and have a conversation either over the phone or in person in pinconning about what's going on in your financial world. So prepare for retirement with a more solid plan in place by meeting with Kevin. And that number is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. And always online at insightfolios.com. Don't forget to check out the website. Lots of good information there as well. Well, thanks, Kevin. Have a great rest of your weekend. And that goes for all of you listening as well. We'll see everyone next time back here at Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.